Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. Start your day the best way with the word this morning. Remember to text Devo to 800-555-7898. And you're going to want to stick around for our guest this hour. Steve Copeland from Memphis joins us to share about Mission Field USA and the need to do the work of an evangelist in our day. New Year, same great commission. There it is. That's the heart of Moody Radio is to help you and me both take the next step in our walk with Jesus Christ. So if that is your goal today, even if it's not, hey, stick around. Thank exactly. you for joining us. Appreciate that. We are uh, looking at Tuesday and the last day of January. What? I know. The month has flown by already uh, one twelfth of the way through. 2023 uh, you know you know my theory about double digits and I once do. you hit the 10th of the, any month it just kind of flies and I think that this month has has had a little bit of a slower pace you just mentioned that it flew by which most months do but there's something about January what is this I think uh, for me it's the get back to real life because for some of us the month of December is busy and for some of you, the Hiller family that wasn't here most of Je- December, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, we basically <laughs> hit Thanksgiving, yeah. blink, now it's January. <laughs> it's seriously the way it felt around our house because we were in Y'all and out of busy. town so much. We were mm-hmm. traveling. We are you know, taking advantage of uh, vacation time and the holidays and all of that. And then all of a sudden, January comes. And it's back to work, back to school, back to all the things mm-hmm. that kind of get put on pause over the holidays, we're back at it. And it's cold in a lot of parts of the country. Yeah. And it's gray and maybe snowy. And you're just like, okay, mm. here we go. And yeah, I, I get it. Sometimes it does feel like it drags a little bit. Oof. And then we go into February, which just continues the cold. It does. And but gray. it's short. And and I, I, I'm so curious what February is going to feel like for 2023, because sometimes those short weeks, like you have Monday off and you think, oh, short week, it's going to go by so fast. And those four days make up, it feels like six mm-hmm. on the work schedule. It's just a weird thing. Like, it's not a complaint. It's just an observation. And you mentioned cold. Julie texted yesterday from South Dakota telling us that it is. <laughs> 14 below. Oh, no. In Huron, South Dakota. I said, oh, sis, how in the world do you stay warm? And Julie said that it's warm coats and mittens. So I hear 14 below and think there is no coat or mitten that is going to keep you warm in that. Now, maybe I've just got Tennessee mittens, but that just does not sound doable. Well, I I know it's doable. I mean, the stuff is made for that, but no, no, I just... It's miserable after living in Chicago, which I know is not quite here on South Dakota, but, you know, polar vortexes and things that we had up there, it was absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons that we decided to flee (laughs) and to head south. (laughs) Well, I do know that if you're in a very cold snap area this morning, but not loving cold weather, I can't even relate, but I do know that you make the best of it when you Mm -hmm. live there. You get out, you learn the winter sport, you kind of try to enjoy it. And my friend, Tina, who lives in Michigan, she's been telling me how this winter she's been getting out more. And I think one thing is they have a dog now, I'll go and walk Wolfie. But I just keep thinking how I admire that. I hole up. It's cold. It's raining. Just get me home. 
I want to pile up. I don't want to deal with this. When we have winter as long as you have in Tennessee, yeah, you can kind of get away with that. Yeah. When you have winter as long as you have up there, <laughs> you're like hibernating for seven months mm-hmm. if you're going to do that. So you, you just kind of have to learn to make the best of it, get out there. And seriously, I think there's something about you, the way God made our bodies Yes, that you kind of get used to living in the cold. Y- you, you may do. not like it. But you learn how to just live with it. Having lived in Michigan, we did for yeah. 12 years, which I thought was a long time at the moment. Now we've been down here 17. So it's kind of eclipsed that. But got got used to it as much as I, this as little much as southern can, girl could. Right? Yes, I got used to it. And you're right. I mean, there's something about the clothing that you wear in that area. I remember when our firstborn was going to school in Michigan I would make sure that she had something that was weighted for Michigan. I wouldn't have put her in a Tennessee coat to go onto the playground because many times I'd walk into the school and go, now, they're not going outside today. And they're like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's zero, but there's no wind chill today. And they'll bundle up. They'll be fine. I just, I still can see myself standing there looking at the gals at the front desk going, what? (laughs) <laughs> no, we never did that in Kentucky. And, of course, you're not in Kentucky anymore. Exactly. Sweet girl. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's a whole different way of life. And I, I know our friends in Alaska are going, yeah, it's 25 below here. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what you guys are talking Exactly. <laughs> you got nothing to complain about. I, I don't understand that. Alaska's beautiful for about three days in the summer. And other than that's what I want to go. I want to go those three days. (laughs) Those three days would be the time. Hey, we're glad that you are with us. We're going to head to the word and take a look at John chapter 21 this morning. Let's look at what Peter, bless him, (laughs) had to say, because I think we can learn a lesson from him. John 21 verses 20 and 21. Then Peter turned around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Let's look at the context of what's going on here in Peter's life. Because the question that comes to us is, what is the first thing that you do when God speaks to you? Because the very first thing that you do, that I do, after God speaks, it's critical. Jesus in this scene was telling Peter what type of ministry he was going to have and what type of death he would suffer. I don't know about you, but I'm really glad that the Lord doesn't necessarily reveal that to me (laughs) otherwise I'd probably walk around a nervous nilly but he did for Peter he let him know there in John 21 verses 18 and 19 and it was a sacred moment in Peter's life the Lord had kind of pulled back the curtain to his future and it wasn't going to be an easy life but it was a life ordained it was a life that was blessed by his Lord and Master now we could kind of pull that apart in our own lives because if you're anything like me you're kind of looking for the comfort and we realize just by looking at Peter's life that that's not what Jesus promised us so we trust him even through the very difficult seasons of life and maybe the rest of our days are ordained and blessed but not easy so rather than responding to what Jesus told him Peter did this Oh, I have to laugh. Peter looked around. He saw his fellow disciples, and his glance fell upon John. And of course, the John, John, as we know in Scripture, is defined as the disciple whom Jesus loved. 
And Peter asked Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Peter had just been given the somber news of his future death. How natural it is to compare his assignment with that of the others around him. Isn't that the temptation that we have? We are God's servants. We look around and we start to compare. We compare our situation with that of others. Did God give your friend a larger house? Did God heal your friend's loved one and, and not yours? Did God allow your friend to receive appreciation and praise at work, but you remain anonymous? What about God allowing other Christians to remain close to the family, like their family, and you're far removed from yours. Jesus, Jesus assigned Peter and John to walk two different paths, but Peter and John have enriched our lives. Jesus knew how dangerous it would be and is when a servant takes his eyes off of the master. And when we take our eyes off the master, we tend to focus on a fellow servant. What about your focus today? Where is your focus? Have you become more concerned with how God is treating someone else rather than how you are relating to him and more importantly, how he is relating to you? It's big, big things, process of sanctification, big word, as we trust him in all circumstances, knowing that he has purpose for your life. It's designed, designed by him and those valleys he walks through them with us, as we know when we read Psalm 23. This morning, we're in John 21, verses 20 and 21. If you'd like to see this devotional, grab the link to it. You can go to our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the morning, or text the word Devo. We'll send it to you, 800-555-7898. Moody Radio. Early to bed, early to rise. Dawn and Steve are here, which is nice. Grab your coffee, pick up your phone, and give them a call on your telephone, 800-555-7898. The conversation that we're going to have with Stephen Copeland starts right now. And we have so many questions for you, friend, as you serve with Mission Field USA, connecting you through our Facebook page, which is Dawn and Steve in the morning, but missionfieldusa.com if you want to just skip ahead and get there right away this morning. Stephen, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Glad to be here. It's just a delight because I think what we're going to learn is maybe some surprising statistics, but the glory of the Lord as he continues to work through what we would call evangelism and missions. And I uh, saw something, uh, what you're sharing with us about the fourth largest mission field in the world. And I went, huh, it surprises me. And yet it doesn't. Can you share with us what that, who that is? Well, it's the United States. Uh, It's a, Unusual to uh, hear that information, but you have China and India and the Islamic world as the three largest, and then America is number four. Wow. Well, uh, with a name of an organization like Mission Field USA, you're obviously looking at number four and saying, we got to do something about this. So uh, tell us a little bit about Mission Field USA. What is the organization and how do you do what you do? All right. Well, we are essentially just a website. We created that to draw people and 
What we are is a group of men, uh, very informally af affiliated, and we go to different communities around the United States, particularly those areas that are uh, uh, hardly have any believers. I grew up in the greater New York metropolitan area, and when I graduated high school over 45 years ago, there were less than 2% believers in the graduating class. So uh, now we're 45 years downstream, and we're finding that that's uh, situation that's pretty common across the nation. And uh, we believe that uh, it's time to reach America, uh, which is a paganized, uh, worldly, uh, fallen away from the Lord nation. Mm -hmm. So help us look at something. If we think we are Christ followers and the statistics say that really only five to 10 percent of us here in the U.S. are truly born again Christ followers. Are there some things that we might look for in our lives as we ask the Lord to expose our hearts if we really don't belong to him? Well, that's good. You know, Paul said to the Corinthians, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And George Barna, the uh, pollster, believer, and uh, uh, David Barton, a historian, have done extensive research the last few years and have found that only 6% of Americans hold what they describe as a biblical worldview. And that biblical worldview is that what the gospel says and does is actually impacting your life. And so if you say you're a Christian, but you have a, a view about things that is completely contrary to the scriptures, then one should examine themselves and say, am I really in the faith? Well, that's a good question for us to be asking ourselves. And then if we are in the faith, one of the things that we are told, in fact, not just told, what we're commanded to do is to go and to make disciples. Part of that process, obviously, is evangelism. Nobody's going to become a disciple if they don't know Jesus first. And so there's a great need to share the good news of the gospel. And we're going to come back in just a few minutes and talk about that on Moody Radio. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, there's some great content there. Today's release is an interview with Mark Gregston of Parenting Today's Teens about Engage 23 in Nashville on the 18th of Feb. Well, that's there, but this interview that we're doing right now with Steve Kaplan, that'll be up uh, in the days to come. Steve is with Mission Field USA, spent most of his career in the uh, health as a healthcare executive, but has this passion for evangelism, telling people about the good news of Jesus. And uh, Steve, one of the things that you said a few moments ago was that Mission Field USA is a group of men who travel all around and tell people the good news of the gospel. It's all about evangelism. Um, tell us a little bit about these trips. What do, what do they look like, and what do you actually do on them? Well, we pray about where to go. We look primarily for places that we know uh, are very uh, have very limited gospel present, uh, penetration. We've gone to Asheville, North Carolina, the New England, uh, New York City, Wisconsin. We're going to the Pacific Northwest soon, and we just pile a bunch of guys in a van or in multiple vehicles with tens of thousands of gospel tracts, and we get there, and we uh, have a place to stay, and then we just get out on the streets and start sharing the gospel in every way possible and uh, reaching people who, uh, in many cases, have never heard. I mean, we've had people come up to us saying, I've been waiting for somebody to tell me about God. You know, it's just an exciting opportunity to, to uh, share the good news of Jesus Christ.
Wow. I I was wondering, what is the response? People do approach you because oftentimes you see preachers on the street. You're like, I'm not sure what to do (laughs) with you. Uh, So people do come and talk to you. Yeah, we we do a very limited amount of the typical type of street preaching. We're mostly either uh, distributing gospel tracts. Sometimes we have some music or, or other means to do it, but we're mostly either uh, distributing as many gospel tracts as possible or doing one-on-one type evangelism. And, uh, you know, given the events of the last few years in the United States, people seem to be more open and receptive. And uh, a recent trip we took, we we didn't have a single person uh, reject receiving a gospel tract, which is quite amazing. That that is pretty amazing for not a single person to do that. Um, do you, do you have an idea of how impactful this is? So, you, so say you you send out ten guys on on one of these trips. How many people are they talking to? What? Uh, how many significant conversations are you having? Well, uh, you know, each trip is unique in how it, it configures. But uh, over the few years we've been doing this, we've distributed nearly a million gospel tracts. Now, some of these turn into real conversations. Some of them are just simply giving them the information. And and we, uh, many of us, that's how we first heard the gospel. Somebody gave us a tract. So in some cases, we're sowing for the first time. In other cases, people have had some uh, contact before, and it leads to a discussion, a spiritual conversation, and sometimes to someone praying to receive Christ. It gives new legs to my prayer that oftentimes for someone that I might not be able to have contact with normally, like, you know, personally, and you say, Lord, please send someone to them that we that that will share the gospel with them. And so I'm so thankful that you guys are out on the street and we are talking about evangelism right here in the United States. And we have more of this conversation with Stephen Coupland. As Stephen, you are part of the group Mission Field USA, connecting you with them on our Facebook page. It is Don and Steve in the morning, Moody Radio. Whatever you pick up for breakfast, make sure it includes Dawn and Steve in the morning. It's great to have you with us. Well, we are glad that you are here as we continue talking with Steve Kaplan of Mission Field USA. Great uh, group of guys who are going around the country telling people about Jesus. You have these uh, strategic and intentional mission trips to be able to do that, Stephen. What is the impact on the men who take this trip? Obviously, there's hopefully an internal impact on people who hear the good news of the gospel. But for the the men who go and go on uh, one of these trips, how are they changed by this? Well, it's amazing. A number of them have said literally in front of us all, this was the greatest day or experience of their lives. And I always remind them, what about the day you got married or what about <laughs> the day you were born again? But but it, something's released inside them. You know, it's like the old analogy of the Sea of Galilee versus the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee takes in and gives out and is teeming with life while the sea, the Dead Sea just takes in and is pretty much lifeless. And that's exactly what happens. There's something is released in them and they're encouraged and they go back to their home communities and start doing it there and encouraging others. And that's really one of the big desires on our heart. 
Steve, as you guys get together and you go out on these mission trips, as it were, across the U.S., you pray. No doubt that is an amazing time of talking to the Lord together. Are there specific stories that come to mind when you think about how God did answer a prayer that was that was detailed and he brought someone to you for conversation? Yeah, there's been so many instances of that. I've, I can think of many, but I'll mention one. There was a small college in a uh, in Maryland, uh, north of Washington, D.C., and one of the brothers kept insisting that he was supposed to go there. And sometimes, you know, uh, I'll be saying, we got to be somewhere else, but uh, I'll, I'll weigh it out before the Lord as we're driving. And I said, you know what, I'm going to drop you there, and then we'll go do the other thing, and I'll come back and get you later. And he met a number of people who were hungry for the gospel and really were needing to be, uh, in one case, one of the individuals was needing to be delivered from from real darkness, Mm. spiritual darkness. And it turned out to be a glorious uh, deliverance by the Lord. I love the stories Mm -hmm. of how God transforms lives, brings people into uh, his kingdom. For those who are like, man, this sounds like the kind of thing I would love to know more about, maybe even participate in that. Are, Are you looking for other people to partner with you in this? And if so, how any qualification, what do they need to do? Well, the the biggest qualification is obviously being a believer in Christ. Secondly, right now, it's just a men-only uh, trip for a lot of reasons, which make it uh, uh, easier and prevent it from any sort of trouble from happening from within. Uh, they can contact me at Steve Copeland, C-O-P-L-O-N, at gmail.com. Again, we're not an official organization. We have a website, missionfieldusa.com, and uh, we intend to just keep it that way because we believe the Holy Spirit will raise up many to do this across the nation. Mm-hmm. And it, it's exciting to think about that because there are many that may not know how to evangelize, how to share their faith. They know what God's done for them, but to articulate it, I think sometimes we get stuck. What do you say, Steve, when somebody comes on one of these first trips and they think, I, I, I'm willing, but I just don't have the words? Well, the first thing is we uh, teach them a few basics, but we start them with something simple like handing out gospel tracks or walking in a parking lot, putting 50 tracks on, on the door handle of a car, something that gets the primes the pump and gets them in motion. And uh, before the trip is over, they're actually excitedly looking for opportunities to go up to people and speak with them about Jesus Christ. You got trips coming up? Well, the, we're going to do a St. Patrick's Day uh, trip, which is multiple cities that, that have parades on different days. So we'll be in Chicago, Pittsburgh, New York, and others. Then we're going to go to the Pacific Northwest in April. And then we have the Indy 500 in May. And then we're going to do a focus on parts of Pennsylvania in June. Hmm. That's going to be some really exciting times of impact, I know, as you go to all these places. In the last little bit, Stephen, are are there places that you have yet to go that you're praying for the Lord to open those opportunities? Well, we're praying about something significant in California. Uh, We've been to Connecticut before. We're praying about something significant in Connecticut. And we'll just have to see how it unfolds. The key with both of those is getting a significant number of men to do this. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. If that's something that just 
stirs your heart this morning, especially guys, because these guys are going out and making it happen to share the gospel prayerfully and then walking in obedience, missionfieldusa.com, how you can connect. And of course, you said Steve or Stephen when you're going to the Steve. 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 Just Steve, Steve Copeland at gmail.com. And Copeland is C-O-P-L-O-N, Steve Copeland at gmail.com. Thank you, brother, for sharing with us this morning. It is Don and Steve in the morning Moody Radio.